back to the Midweek Podcast. It's good to be together again, isn't it, Stephen? It is good to be here. I'm excited to hear from Chris Elliott, one of our newer members at Grace Bible. Uh, Lord has given him a very unique uh, ministry platform at this time with SFA. Absolutely. Yeah, there with uh, helping out with the basketball team. Uh, the Lord's really blessed him and great to have him as a member and to walk with him in Christ. Yeah, he and Molly are a great blessing and connected to a lot of different uh, small groups and ministries already here at Grace and the Life of the Body. So uh, great to hear from him. But first, let's talk a little bit about this past Sunday. You know, our text, as we started John chapter 2, <clears throat> I was kind of wondering through, you know, what would I spend more time talking about and uh, what would I want to maybe go into a little further? And uh, I think in my reflection time, it's really been what things do I need to hear uh, more maybe than what I need to tell our, our, our congregation. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, I'm just really just stuck again on on that. This was the first sign, the water to wine, and uh, and there's a reason that I think John comes back at the very end of the of the gospel and tells us what we talked about on Sunday, John 20. Uh, you know, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. You know, where I think we're so my heart is so captivated to think, okay, but then what do I get? Yeah, right. You know, then what do I get to do? You know, uh, then what happens? What's next? And yeah. no, I just constantly have to be resettled on that is it, believing that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. And that by believing, I may have life. And my my life then is called to be fishers of men. You know, there's not some other worm out there that I get to <laughs> go and bite on, but what God calls us to do is to be winners of souls, to be fishers of men. Uh, and point people to the one who did the signs. That's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's a, man, I just constantly have to be subtle to my heart in that issue and to not think, then what's next? No, no, no. This is what everything's about. Uh, That message, that belief, that application, be it in my marriage, be it in even in pastoral ministry, uh, this really is enough. This good news really is enough for me. Jesus is to be really enough for me. And these signs point me back to Jesus. Uh, but boy, I have to guard my heart not to make little idols about signs that could happen in my life or that right. I could long for more maybe than than the sign giver. Uh, so that's that's an application of my life that's just kind of never ending. I have to constantly check there. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I could certainly say the same thing. I look at these things that Jesus can do and I think, well, what can he do for me? Or if I'm obedient, do I get more? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and that's just not what it looks like. We sang this song this past Sunday called No Greater Aim, mm-hmm. and kind of speaks to this this idea that Jesus is the aim. Jesus is uh-huh. what we're what we're going after, not uh, what He can do for us. Um, we have to be really careful, you know, to to not um, to not pursue the gifts, yeah, um, but to pursue the giver, yeah, um, not for the gifts, but because His His glory and uh, following him is is worth it and it's uh it's just i i guess like if you're for like confessing here for a minute you know personally i i would love to to just love christ more just mm-hmm. to pursue after him more um and not what i can gain from him yeah and, and you know god does give us spiritual gifts and we're called to nurture those and we're called to serve the body with those build up the body uh, but all those things are done to point us to the head, to be obedient to the head, to grow in holiness, to to long uh, to know Jesus, to make Him known, to be and make uh, disciples. And boy, it is a it is a constant hard examination uh, that we have to apply ourselves to. Because if we don't, oh, how quickly we forget, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. All 
All right, well, I've got the blessing of sitting down with Chris. Chris, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, thanks for just taking some time to, to talk with us and share with us a little bit. Um, Chris, I've been, uh, Megan and I have enjoyed getting to know you and Molly. You're not, uh, you're not from Nacogdoches, is that no, right? No, not at all. <laughs> where, same. Yeah. Where, uh, so where are you guys from? So I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, literally was born there, went to college there. Um, in 2016, I got accepted to SFA for grad school for athletic training. Um, so it was literally my first time moving out of Nashville and living out of Nashville. Um, I got accepted to Stephen F. Austin thinking I was going to Austin. Found out that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, but I've loved it here. Uh, and then my wife, Molly, she grew up in Oklahoma City. Um, and uh, she played soccer in college in Nashville and through injuries and physical therapy. That's how we kind of met. So, And then after uh, we got married, she moved out here with me. So Cool. So how long have you guys been uh, attending Grace? Um, so I started coming off and on around uh, when I was in grad school, um, just because of my grad school schedule. Um, I wasn't super consistent. Um, when we got married, though, was when we really uh, became consistent. And so that was 2018, so about two years. And then we just did the membership class about six months ago. Okay, cool. What yeah. So what kind of prompted you to, to do the membership stuff? Um, we... Uh, we just, we loved the church. We loved the community. Um, Brent really prompted us cause I was in the office when they were, uh, printing out the packets and Brent said, Hey, what are you doing Sunday? It sounds like Brent. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing anything. He goes, all right, we'll put you on the email list. You're coming to the membership That's class. Awesome. But before then, Molly and I had been talking about it just because we thought it was important. Um, if you're going to a church just to be fully invested in the church and in that community and, um, just some of the benefits of being a part of a church, they can kind of speak into your life a little bit more yeah. and you kind of open yourself up to um, being held accountable in areas and stuff like that. And we just thought that was important to be able to support Grace, but be able to allow Grace to support us as well in that area. Man, that's rich. Uh, so y you guys have obviously you know been involved and, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, tell me just a little bit. I mean, I already know. Yeah. So tell the <laughs> yeah, people uh, <laughs> some of the ways you're plugged in and serving here at Grace and then just ways that, that Grace is pouring into you. Yeah. So one of the coolest things was um, I distinctly remember after Molly and I got married, we were driving back here. I was about to start my last semester of grad school and we were pulling into Nacogdoches and... Um, Molly's like, I've just been praying this last month that we're able to find like a community and get plugged into a church. Um, and she's like, I'd really like to be able to be in a Bible study or something with people mm -hmm. kind of our age. And I kid you not, it could not have been more than three days later, Bobby Austin texts me kind of out of nowhere and just like, hey, um, my in-laws, Rick and Christy Hurst, they're starting, they're calling it Soup Group, and they're starting a Bible study for newly married couples because we have a few in the church. And so I went home. I was like, hey, you, our prayers are kind of answered. And so <laughs> we went over to the Hearst house, didn't know really anybody there. And that was the first time we really kind of got plugged into a small group. And it was originally us, the Hearst, John and Abby Hayes, and Nick and Shelby Guerra. And then now I think we've got, I can't name all the couples because it would take forever, but I mean, we've got <laughs> about... 20 people that yeah. meet regularly that kind of formed out of that soup group, which yeah. is awesome. 
Um, and then outside of that, Molly and I both serve in refuge. Um, when we can during season, we play on Wednesday nights. Um, but in the off season through the summer, we help Bobby with refuge and then, uh, help Cynthia with connect team when we can and offering team just kind of fit in wherever there's a need. That's cool. You kind of do it all. Yeah. (laughs) Try to. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so if, if, if you could offer an encouragement to somebody, you know, again, so mm-hmm. you're from Nashville. Yeah. Um, you're, most of your family is yeah, still every, there? Yeah, pretty much everybody's. Well, everybody's still in Tennessee. Everybody's kind of spread out in the Nashville area, though. So would you say that the church has kind of become family to you? I mean, Absolutely, that- yeah. Um, I remember my parents came up and visited us, and we told them, because coming from Nashville, it's you've got whatever kind of church you want in Nashville. Like every corner. And they're huge. Yeah. And so (laughs) we were going to church and we were just like, you know, this probably isn't a church like you're really used to. I was like, we'll have one guy on the piano singing and then we'll have somebody who's not a pastor kind of give the message. And uh, we're sitting there during church and I look over and my mom's crying. And um, my parents are really great Christians, really great example for us. And afterwards, uh, she and my dad, we went out to lunch and they were like, this is what a church is supposed to be. Like, they're like, it's not the production stuff. It is like literally a body of people coming together and worshiping. For me, it was, I mean, we loved the message behind what was being preached at Grace. And we loved like, we loved the worship, but it really was just the community of people mm-hmm. that like the body of Christ kind of that uh, the church was. And um, just the community feel that even for the church, it was like whatever needed to be done, someone stepped up and did it. Um, and I feel like it's the same way between people here at Grace. Is I know if something happened to me either personally or a tree fell through my roof at night or something, I could call. I know about 10 guys I could call right now, and they'd be there in 10 minutes if I needed them. Yeah. And I just, I haven't been a part of a community outside of here that has, that is so tightly woven and people support each other like you do here. Yeah, man. Praise God. Yeah. I, I, I totally resonate with that and, yeah. and feel like I have the same community, which yeah. I mean, we do have the same yeah, community, exactly. uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's such a blessing that the Lord has given that, you know, I think about, you know, um, I think about this often, if I were to move if I were not a, a Christian, if I were not a believer, to move somewhere for school or for mm-hmm. a job or whatever it is, and to not be able to have the community that Christians get to have by being a part of the church, you just jump right in to being uh, with like-minded people yeah. who prioritize the same things right away, immediately. Yeah. And um, to see how the Lord has loved my family um and loved other families and seeing, you know, hearing stories exactly yeah. like yours all the time of um, people just getting plugged in and being able to to be in community with people that are going to quickly love them and pick up doing life with them. I mean, it's just, it's just a joy. And it's funny. It's like surprising every time. And I yeah. don't know why, you know, but um, the Lord is just gracious. In yeah. That, so. it, was, it was really the coolest thing. I remember the first Sunday that Brent, was full-time you came I don't think you were full-time yet you came back and led worship for that mm-hmm. Sunday and I remember looking at like Zach Martin and Jesse like just those burdens lifted off like those people mm-hmm. and just being able to see everything go full circle it was one of the most like rich and fulfilling things for me as a friend being able to watch you and Brent kind of come in and be able to kind of lift off that burden a little bit but also seeing the people that 
went through it from like when it was the nastiest to coming through on the other side. It was just one of the coolest Sundays that I probably won't ever forget. Man, I promise I didn't, guys, I promise I didn't bring him here to say that. Um, but that's that's evidence yeah. of the Lord's grace towards his church uh, that he provides the exact people at the right time. Yeah. And he did that during a season um, before we came that the Lord brought up people to, to help sustain that. And that's, man, uh, I don't know why we would ever doubt that he yeah, would do that. Exactly. Um, I remember I was talking to the guy that married Molly and I. And it was around that same time I was told him, I was like, yeah, like the church we're going through went through this, like we're kind of coming out on the other side. And he was like, you can't appreciate that. He's like, you see it now and you're talking about how you appreciate it now. He's he's like, you're witnessing what it takes to get through hurt like that. Hmm. And he's like, you can't almost really appreciate it right now. He's like, but you're going to look back on this in 30 or 40 years and be like, I can really appreciate what those people did. Hmm. So. Well, man, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate your encouragement and your perspective and the way that you've, I mean, this is really, we're just taking time to brag on what the Lord has done. And so I appreciate you uh, sharing with us. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Well, this week we're uh, continuing in John chapter two. Uh, as we prepared for the wa- the account of the water and the wine this past Sunday, you had us read out of Isaiah uh, 25. Yeah. Um, how can we prepare this week? What are we getting ready to hear? Yeah. So, you know, our Malachi series was was intentional when we walked through that book. And, <clears throat> and right now is just a great week to, to kind of dial that, that text back up in your mind. So, uh, you know, if you could get 15 minutes away uh, of, of quietness just to reread the book of Malachi, uh, again, mm. and and because what we're going to see this week is, boy, how exciting would that be? You just started following after Jesus. You're one of the disciples. You see him turn water to wine. You go to the temple for Passover. Uh, you end up getting an audience with the the Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish leaders here. Yeah. Uh, and boy, they ask for a sign. <laughs> what would you would be thinking? Here we go, Jesus. Somebody get me some water. <laughs> yeah, Do it right. again for him. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> You'd be so excited about what happens. And what we see is Jesus's response that he gives them uh, absolutely cuts to the heart of the matter. Right. That, that he is, and the resurrection is the greatest of, of signs. Yes. And, uh, and that's what they're going to get. And so they can't get their mind around it yet. Uh, but what a text to see. And why did I say read Malachi? Because what we see in Malachi is the Jewish leaders compromise. Uh, they compromise on the word of God and the people suffer. Well, uh, they, the, in Malachi, the, they, they, they compromised by lowering the quality of the sacrifice that they received. Right. Now they're, they're, the leaders have compromised in the location to where the sacrifices are being brought. They change, they edit the word of God. They're really pragmatic, uh, but that pragmatism overrides their commitment to God's word and the faithfulness to trust God. So as we think about uh, this Sunday, uh, Stephen, is there anything that you want us to be mindful of as well when it comes to uh, whether it's a song that we're singing or the order of service you can highlight? Yeah, I want to draw our attention particularly to the response portion of our service. So um, you've heard us say this maybe a hundred times by now, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we do uh, structure our services with this model of God, man, Christ, and response. The God, man, and Christ thing, you know, that's... That's the communication of the gospel. What is mm-hmm. the truth? What? How have we been set free? Uh, it's been through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, but 
anytime we hear the truth, we have to respond. Yeah. And uh, that's what this last portion, after we hear from you, we, we open up the word together. Um, we sing in response. We uh, give in mm-hmm. response. And then we hear announcements and we pray together and then we are sent out. And so uh, it's easy to kind of like, you know, we're, we're getting hungry, our stomachs start growling, sure. or we're thinking about the next thing that we're about to go do after after the sermon or after we sing. Um, but that's a really important time of our service. As we hear announcements, they're not just, hey, there's some events. They're actually practical ways to work out um, our response, Yeah. whether that's pursuing community with one another, um, whether that's ways to serve together or or what have you. There's lots of opportunity there to respond with our lives. Um, and then even after we say the congregational prayer and we walk out, the week following is our response. How, yeah. how are we working out? Uh, how are we responding in the way that we're living? We, we pray that prayer together, asking for the Lord's help to walk in obedience and faith, mm. to pursue the world, to pursue our neighbors for the sake of the gospel. That's a response. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, I can't wait to continue on the book of John this week. It'll be good. All right. See you then. See you.